0: Welcome to the RPG Design PanelCast. Episode 30, Reaching Retailers, recorded at Metatopia 2013 by Jason Pitt, presented by Will Hindmarch, Jim Crocker, Brian Dalrymple, and another fine retailer whose name I couldn't catch. Yeah, I
1: think we're good to go. uh, So we're about uh, five minutes uh, into the hour here, so we want to get started. No. Right. Uh, uh, Hi. this The uh, the title of the seminar is "Reaching Retailers: How to Get Stores Behind You." Yes, the goal. Uh, my name is Brian Dalrymple, <laughs> Cool. We good? All right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm Brian Dalrymple, I own and operate the Adventure Game Store in Dragons Lair, uh, which is a store in South Florida. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, I also uh, worked for three years. Uh, for the company that is now GTS Distribution. It's one of the largest distributors by warehouse uh, in the country. Uh, I own a small gaming company, which is why I'm here. Uh, I also do graphic design, and I currently serve as the secretary of the Game Manufacturers Association.
2: Uh, my name is Ted Betuano. I am the manager of the Gamers Row in Hamilton Township, New Jersey. Uh have so has been around for a little over twenty years. Um, I also work for Double Exposure, the uh, the board game coordinator. I've been doing that for about five or so years. Uh, I've also or another worked as a manufacturer and as, as a distributor with Centurion, which unfortunately
3: is not around business. I uh, bought out a PhD, but just uh, That's pretty much it. All right, my name is Jim Crocker. I am the uh, one of the owners and the general manager of Modern Myths. Um, our company has been in business for 11 years. Our <coughs> first store was in Northampton, Massachusetts. It is still there. We just opened a second store about just about exactly a year ago in Mimarinac, New York, in Westchester. And you guys probably have seen me at the last half-dozen or so of these Double Exposure shows because we are a, a vendor of record here, and Vinny is nice enough to let us sell our indie games upstairs at Metatopia. And so uh, I, I'm here, I think, in large part... Like, I'm not here because I have any particular interest in game design myself. I leave that to people smarter than me. Uh... But, but I as, as the vendor here and as a vendor at, at several of the shows, I've gotten to know these guys, so they asked me
4: to be on the band. Uh, and I'm Will March. Uh, I'm a game designer and freelance writer and uh, graphic designer. Um, I'm the sand and the oyster here. Um, and one, one of the first things I'll do is, is I'll immediately point out, right, that we are not smarter than Jim. We are not smarter than the retailer. So there's, there's already the great culture clash that we can get about the misconceptions <laughs> that we have about each other. Um, well, my real job to be here is to, I think, demonstrate the um, the misconceptions that I have as a designer about what is it actually like in retail and to uh, uh, be the guy in the infomercial who can't juice an orange or slice bread and need the help. The experts who actually know how to do this. in oh, black and white, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. What about all these bills? So, um,
3: uh,
4: uh, and I'll help facilitate questions and things like that, but but these are the stars. So.
1: All right. So, I guess uh, before we get started, we'll take a, kind of a, a quick poll you guys. Uh, so, how many of you guys here uh, have game companies? It's pretty much everybody. Uh, how many of you have product that's already in stores? About, about half. Okay, the rest of you, I'm assuming, are looking, hopefully, to get product into the store.
3: Okay, so the question would be, why do you want to get your product into retail? Can I ask just one quick question, sure, beforehand? And that is, is anybody else involved in retail at all? Are you a partner in a store? Or are you involved in a store at all or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Pseudo-distributor. Okay. Okay. Used to be. So we we do
1: an awful lot of material here. We cannot over-prepare for the hour just in case we were going to go in different directions. So we're going to try to get through a lot of it fairly quickly. And We will be setting some time for questions at the end, but if you have any, like, really urgent questions that you feel are very immediate to what we're talking about right at that very second, don't be afraid to hold up your hand and we'll try to get you. Time. Just
3: fire, fire it up. Feel free to interrupt us. We'll, we'll, we'll get your question. Okay, so the obvious reasons why you want to be in a retail
1: shop is obviously you want to sell more copies of your game. Uh, and... That's two gamers and players and shoppers that are going into game stores, but also um, <coughs> you are counting the fact that there, there are several hundred game stores that are out there that will have your product on their shelves, and those copies also are sold copies for you, also because we don't, are not generally not having enough returning uh, product that we order. Everything that's on our shelves is stuff that we've bought, we've purchased, it's ours. So it counts as a sold copy for you, even if it's not quite gotten in the hands of, uh, of a player yet. Uh, it's being on a shelf in a retail store provides uh, great visibility for your product, uh, depending on, of course, how it's being shelved. Uh, but a uh, shopper going through a store will be able to see your product on the shelf uh, and perhaps be curious about it, bring it up, ask the store owner about it and see what's uh, going on there. And a game store generates new players in the same way that a game convention would generate new players. But it does it all year long. Uh, depending on the foot traffic in a shop, like my shop, uh, goes through about a small convention's worth of gameplay play uh, about every five or six days. Uh, some stores can do that in a day. Uh, but it happens all year long. Uh, so, uh, reasons why a retailer would want to put a game on their shelf, uh, given the vast variety of choices, retailers can't actually stock absolutely everything as much as we'd like to. Uh, we make our decisions uh, based on a number of different factors. So, uh, one reason might be well, it's the type of game that we like to play. Most of us, as retailers, uh, got into the business because we love games, we love to play games, and they're really cool and fun. And of course, I'm going to stock the things that I like. And I'm probably going to be pretty good at selling them because I know a lot about them and I can generate that enthusiasm. We might have a game on the shelf because it's a really <coughs> cool game, it adds to the cool factor of the shop in some way, even if it's not something that I do play, but it, it's a product that somebody will come and say, oh wow, yeah, if the store's got all that really neat stuff, uh, I'll take three packs of magic. Uh, but just by having it in there, it means people came into the shop to check it out, and uh, even if it doesn't necessarily sell a lot on its own, its presence there is going to bolster the cool factor of the shop, and it, it, of course it will eventually want to turn uh, some of itself. The top reason why every would want to stock her product obviously is because they want to be able to sell it and make some money from it, which was the topic of this discussion last year. So, ways you can get a retailer to carry your game. Uh, the retail tier is the bottommost tier of what we call the three tier system, which is how uh, distribution in this country uh, has been working for a very, very long time. Uh, and it is the way that it continues to work, uh, although in a somewhat altered form. Uh, The three tier system just means that at the very top of you have the manufacturers of games, uh, and then you have the wholesalers of games, the middlemen, and which is who the retailer purchases their product from, and of course it eventually gets out to the end consumers, which we kind of call a fourth tier, Uh, but that's kind of the, the, the end consumer. So but in, a, in the, the tier of people that are selling,
4: there are the three, the publishers, the distributors, and the retailers. Uh, so. Have you heard, I'm just curious, there's the, there's, if you turn that sideways, right? And this, is, this was taught to me at a couple of companies, because the, the size of the hobby, the size of the game business, is that if you turn that on its side, so that you think of the retailers as not, you know, like the bottom tier, but the oh, sure. front tier, right? Because... The, the, face, the, yeah, the face. Yeah, exactly. yeah sure. the face, exactly. The faces is face the audience that way uh, and that everything moves laterally. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> uh, uh, so if,
1: if you are selling your games directly at a convention or on your website, you are on the face tier mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. point also. Uh, in the normal three-tier system, uh, the manufacturer would solicit their products out to a distributor. The distributor would, through a number of means including uh, kind of a, a pre-order polling of all of the stores, uh, determine how much of that product they're going to want to offer. Uh, they'll place their orders, they would get them from the publishers, who would then solicit them once again to the stores upon arrival. The stores would make their decisions during that week, if they'd show up on the shelf, and then eventually get in the hands of the server. That's basically how that works. Uh, the three tier system is based off of a discount structure that works across suggested retail price, which is set by the publisher. The brochure decides how much the product this should cost. Uh, In many cases, the price is actually printed onto the packaging, Uh, and then the distributor will take a discount from that, typically around 60% is what they're looking for, although there's some variance there. Uh, And then the retailer uh, will pay typically about 45 to 50% of retail price, and then put it up on the shelf.
3: Well, we, well, we'll pay 55 to 50% of retail price. Yes. We'll get a discount of 45% yes. we'll off of the retail price, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: and then we'll put it on our shelf and, you know, sell it for suggested retail price or we may have some kind of uh, uh, play with that uh, depending on, on the product oil. Uh so, so 60% is also the discount? The
3: 60% discount is what most wholesalers are going to be looking if, for. If your game, if your game is going to cost 10 bucks on the shelf, you're going to sell it to a distributor for four. Right, and then the distributor is going to turn, and around and around and turn around and sell it to me for five and a half bucks. Yep, and right. that that four and a half bucks is what I have to pay the, the way rent, way, pay way. my staff, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like and then Utilities, hopefully you know, hopefully put food stuff. on the table and let my wife, you know, so then, then my wife lets me keep doing this job. Right, is <laughs> how all that works. So, so, so the retailer's <laughs> gonna, the going to keep
1: you know four and a half bucks or less if they discount it. The wholesaler is going to keep a buck
3: fifty. Guys are gonna get but I think it's worth noting that the, 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 the distribution tier performs two valuable services for us as retailers. And these, these are the two things that it really does that we can't get anywhere else. The first is consolidation of shipping. So um, when I order from Alliance, I can get one of all of your games. And that's a, that's a manageable order that I can handle and I can put one of everything up on the shelf. And because Alliance has them all in a big warehouse, they put them all together in a box. They ship it all out at once. Mm-hmm. Rather than having to do fifty separate orders with fifty separate billings and fifty Seven separate shipping, exchange, fifty separate exchange. shippings and fifty separate policies for you have to, you know, we have a minimum of six or something like that. That's the first valuable service they provide. The second valuable service they provide that you can't underestimate and that I think people don't necessarily think about is they provide credit. So the most yes. the most important thing that distribution does for us is um, I order a big box of games from Alliance. I have a month to sell it before I got to pay for them. And because they're operating on the size and scale, and they have the cash flow that they do, and they're you know keeping product going through, you know, they're they're gonna provide me with those credit terms that I can do that. But the thing that you have to keep in mind with from them is, then they're gonna want forty-five days to pay you, because. It's, if, if, they, if they want, you know, if I want thirty from them, they're going to want another thirty-five to sixty. And eight, yeah, yeah, and so, and that's just something to keep in mind is that if, if you sell into distribution, <clears throat> you're going to sell a lot all at once. They'll order, you know, uh, they'll order it by the case, but you're going to wait a little while to to get paid for it. So. What about consignment? Manufacturer consignment to
0: retail? Does that change the equation? Oh
1: yeah, yes, does. It will and that's one of the things we're going to be getting
3: into. Yeah, 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 will talk about that later yeah, for sure. A couple of things question.
1: that I would add to uh, things that distributors do add for us is just in time inventory, uh, yeah. if we need something very quickly we can do it because the distributors will have warehouses hopefully close by to where we are. Uh Usually. just like Century is <laughs> pretty close to here. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, are in free uh, Yeah, you know, I I order with four different distributors uh, over the course of a given week uh, for different for different reasons. Some will specialize in certain lines but also I want to make sure that the fill rates are going to be into like negatives in a, in a moment. But uh, you can get product to you relatively quickly. Uh, and uh, the other thing that we used to rely on distributors a lot for was expertise on product knowledge, uh, which has declined <coughs> yes, uh, has. In, uh, in recent years. And so we're we'll get into some, some concerns with the, with the three-tier model. Uh, one of the things is ex- the level of expertise has kind of gone down. Distributors have, are slowly becoming more order-taking devices and less service-oriented devices. They're not really talking up or trying to sell products as much as saying, oh, we got this new thing, how many do you want? Uh, then there is exclusivity, which has become uh, a big issue for a lot of retailers. Uh, there, there are some companies that are exclusive, make an exclusive arrangement with a certain distributor so that maybe they're not necessarily uh, having to uh, sell their product at 60% off, maybe they're selling it at slightly less, or the distributor is warehousing it for them so they don't have to pay for a facility to hold their products. The distributor is also uh, doing all of the sales or sending out orders to other distributors so that they can get access to the product as well. And in each one of those cases, they take a little piece for that service. Uh, another big issue that's been coming up more recently, as we in the last uh, decade or so, is the fill rate from distributors has been getting a little bit worse. Uh, when we started 25 years ago, a fill rate of 90% was considered poor. Now a fill rate of 60% is considered good. What's a fill rate? Ooh, a that's full, that's what I was going to A fill rate is when I make out a list of the things that I want from my distributor. And I go down the list. When my order is done, and I know what the shipper is going to be sending me, what percentage of what I ordered did they actually have that they're going to be sending me that week? That is a fill rate. How much, much of my order were they able to fill based on of based off from what
3: I wanted? And and that explicitly presumes, like, you know, um, we're not ordering like. First edition, White Wolf books, or something like that. I mean, that it's presumes it's relatively, relatively kind. available in print. Yeah, that, that the distributor the has told product. us is still available through the media. It's, it's an active <coughs> product line that they carry. It's something that they would normally have in stock, but
1: for some reason they. Yeah, don't.
3: Yeah, please. It's, what is the reason for that? Do you have an insight into why? I do. I do. I do have reason for that. One of the reasons
1: is uh, distributors. The, the the question comes before publishers and distributors as to. Whose responsibility is it to warehouse the product? So the distributor, because they are making on a $10 game $1.50, say we are operating on the slimmest of margins. We cannot afford to make any mistakes because if we do, we are gonna have a whole bunch of product that we can't sell, that we would only be making 10 to 15% on. So we basically have to serve as a depot. Stuff comes in, stuff comes out as quickly as possible. We need to turn our inventory over uh, as many times as possible in order to be able to sustain ourselves. And so the burden for warehousing should go to the publisher. Uh, the publisher is, well, you are the distributor. You have warehouses. Warehouses are places where you warehouse things. So this is part of the reason why consignment or fulfillment came about. Because the several distributors are like, well, we come up with solutions to why I will never run out of your product. If you give it all to us, and we put it in a special part of our warehouse with a rope around it that says, "This, all of this stuff is the property uh, uh, Game of Game Art Games, uh, and uh, it doesn't belong to us. But it's in our physically in our warehouse. If someone calls up an order, is it well, it's if it's available, we've got it because we have the we have the run. We have pretty much the entire product run here, so we can just pull from it and we can bill ourselves as it goes. So in that way, it's a consignment."
5: I have experience with uh, housing uh, using a, uh, a distributor as a, um, a fulfillment. Uh, there are some significant <laughs> defaults to that. There are there um, are some drawbacks to And there's, there's and the big ones I'm going to talk about. When you restock a distributor, usually they have a daily that goes out. They send it out to their stores,
1: and it'll say restock notice. <laughs> we have this this and this. Restock notice.
5: Paradigm Concepts, Arcanes, and then a store that's interested might have a chance to see it.
1: Right? Um, Largely because the the rep is necessarily doing their job. Uh, and letting you know about stuff coming in, they're, they're substituted by an email, when the store looks at their email in the morning and sees what they're receiving is, the, the distributor prompts them in their morning? <laughs> oh, I might be out of that problem.
5: Right. That so right So you lose that reminder because they're always in stock. Yes. Um, the second one is, one of the profit motives is to get my fifty. And if I've already laid out, um, I've already laid out $4,000, I wanna get my $15,000 off get my 4000 back and add 15000 to it, they have a profit motive to move it more stringently. It's always available. Their, their profit motive, eh, somebody asks for it.
1: Exactly. Uh, management at, the, at, a, at distribution will say, we need to push and turn this product as quickly as possible because we, you know, we can't be stuck with anything. Well, if you're warehousing the product, you're already kind of stuck with it, but you don't have to pay for it unless you do it. Yes. I'm not really sure what a consignment
3: company is. Is that like PSI or Impressions? Or? That, that would be a fulfillment company, and, and we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. Okay. Just r- really quickly, what consignment means is you, you give someone your product, but they don't have to pay you for it until they sell it. Until it's been sold. That's, that, that's what we're talking about when you say consignment. Cool. Yeah.
1: Where, where Impressions or PSI would be like a freight fulfillment <laughs> and marketing company. Uh, and what they do is they basically bring together several groups of small publishers... Uh, Under one umbrella, so that they can, it's kind of almost being like a sub distributor to the distributors. They can collect together all of these different product lines. Companies that might only have one product, my company has one product, Uh, and bundle them with several other companies and say, okay, well, you know, we're going to send you all of this in one shipment. So that way,
3: they do everything for you that is the the part of running a game company that is not actually making games. So if 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 you know if you're and and whether they're worth it for you to use depends on how much your time is worth to you and, you know. And again, they're taking a percentage. Yeah. I'm sorry, did you say they do marketing? Yes, yeah. yeah. They, they're doing marketing? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they have, yeah. Marketing. Now? they
1: have marketing. I thought they weren't. They have marketing in the title of their of their, their, <laughs> their company usually, But that that is purported to be one of their jobs. And, 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 and there are some companies that will, right? We'll be talking for sure about Free RPG Day when we get down to the end of this thing, which is something.
4: Can I ask a question about this step? Just, I'm, I'm curious. when, If it, uh, information is coming from the distributors at the order and frequency that it's coming about what products are out, how do you find the games that you decide that you want to order? How do you make your fill list? Okay, so there, there's, there's a it. number of different
1: ways, obviously. Uh, when, a, when a distributor is trying to figure out how much of something they want, uh, they'll try to attract pre-orders. Most of the major distributors publish a magazine. You may have seen Game Trade magazine. Uh, people Monthly. Yeah, people monthly. monthly from ACD. Uh, several of the large distributors have created these kind of slicks which uh, will list games that are going to be coming out over the course of the next several months. And they bury
3: us in email. <laughs> yes. so, There's email yeah. every,
1: every day. Yeah. Usually for yeah. a couple of emails every day from yes, all the yeah. distributors about what has come in today because they're constantly trying to remind you, hey, you might be out of this and this is the new stuff. You might be out of this and this is the new stuff. And that's, that's where the list comes from. And additionally, obviously, because uh, a customer comes in and says, hey, I want this. And, you know mm-hmm. uh, you had it yesterday and I can't not care what happens. but Well, I sold it. Um, and, you know, I was going to reorder. it. So well, I definitely want it. You know, reorder it right away and so get an extra copy. Get one for me and get one for back in the shop. So, that's, that, that's the way that we would put together that list.
4: You said that uh, the fill rate, if, if the distributor doesn't have what you want, do you then go directly to the publisher?
1: What I will do generally is I will talk to one of the other three distributors I deal with and see if they have the product in inventory. After that, I may very well try to contact the publisher directly, which I have done on several occasions. If you occasions. wanted that badly. Hmm?
2: If you wanted that badly.
1: Well, if I have a customer that wants it, I will bend over backwards. If I have to, and it's unavailable available anywhere, I'll buy it off of Amazon and bring it into the shop. you're so, a customer
4: <coughs> Better man than I, brother. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you mentioned Alliance, uh, ETS, and ACD. Who else do you guys use for distribution? Uh,
2: I, u- oh, uh, I use uh, Southern Hobby Distribution in... Uh, ish state new york what was that again? a southern hobby, distribution. southern hobby the good thing about them is i believe it's every two or three weeks they have a sales guy who drives around to all his carols in the northeast the van and personally delivers the d- delivers the orders rather than ship rather UPS. than ship by ups or fedex
3: And i worked for uh, gts that's what we did also uh, and it's we're it's very common in the sports card industry. and That's how a lot of yeah. these companies kind of started. We're a comic book store, so we use Diamond Comics as well. I don't get a ton of games from Diamond Comics, but every now and then, on something that's allocated or that, for whatever reason, is of interest to comic shops, I you know will occasionally order games through through Diamond. Very occasionally, yeah, um, of but all of the all those uh, indie role playing games that I have at, up on my table up there, all come from a, a small press. Kind of explicitly a small press distributor that's called Indie Press Revolution, and there, if you're doing small press role-playing games, uh, you can definitely do worse than to get in touch with them.
1: But to give like a, a general rundown of dis- distribution, you have Alliance, you have ACD, you have GTS, you have PhD, you have Southern Hobby, you have Warpath Distribution, which is actually an arm of FRP Games uh, out of California, uh, and then there are quite a number of smaller distributors that, that are regional. Have you heard of Studio 2 Publishing? Studio 2 Publishing, uh, Jim Searcy's company. Yes, um, uh, my stuff's in distribution. with them. Okay, so Studio 2 is is uh, one of those f- uh, fulfillers, consolidators. They will take, uh, in some cases, they will actually work with the company to get product printed, uh, but they will also bring together a group of small companies so that uh, when a large distributor needs to, to restock a bunch of small games from, from a particular company, they can call up Jim and Studio 2. Uh, and they will fill from a dozen different companies at once. Uh, Studio 2 is one of those companies, Impressions is another one of those companies, and PSI, Publishing Services uh, International, uh, is, a, is another.
5: And, and as you mentioned, IPR really is that, just that you specialize. Yes, IPR is, is,
1: yeah. is very focused on small press, especially RPGs. So uh, yeah.
5: I want to add something for the film analysis. I know I know both Impressions, PSI, and Studio 2 all do. It's not on Studio 2 as well, but all three of them do it. Uh, where if you've got a, a trade show that you're not going to exhibit at personally, like, I mean, our company gets exhibits individually, but, um, you know, Jim has a booth. Jim uh, Studio 2 has a booth at Origins, has a booth at Gen Con,
3: and all of your stuff can show up in those conventions. Even if and, you're and, one point uh, and they have a, I think they have a booth at GTS yeah, as well, right? Yeah. 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 They take
1: trade show. You know,
5: so. Studio 2. Studio 2 does. PSI yes.
1: has, has the a big... PSI drives an entire island. Yeah, it's an
5: enormous
3: exhibit area. Um, And and Impressions is a GTS every year. Yes, they are.
1: uh, And and each one of these companies uh, kind of serves a different uh, market segment. Uh, Impressions is going to handle a lot of kind of smaller companies, although they they do have a couple of big ones as well. So you have, quite a lot of mid-range companies and PSI. Uh, will serve in addition to uh, PS. PS
3: is the big gorilla.
1: Yeah, they get stuff into we'll Barnes and Noble. Sell your games to like mass that. market. Yeah. They will sell your games to Europe, uh, mm-hmm. but they're looking primarily for kind of games that can be played by anybody. They're looking more kind of for mass market. So they're a great board game, card game, and, uh, and, and proven
3: yeah. sellers. They're not going to. They're not going to take any. They code. won't look Correct, so really. closely
1: at RPGs. Where yeah, somebody like Studio game. Two will
3: look at RPGs without a problem. They took yeah, out me uh, out
4: completely unproven. Right. PSI took me and, and I don't have like I, I, any sort Sorry, of yeah
3: they're, they're not gonna put you into Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. That's true. Story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's I I just didn't want to create the impression that because they do because they do that mass market distribution, that getting your game into PSI means woohoo, it's gonna be in target tomorrow. Okay, like so that yeah. <laughs> so how uh, do you pick it by distribution?
1: You can contact a distributor directly. Yes. I wanted to ask you about, like, I was
5: able to reach out with our game to Alliance. They picked us up right away. That's why it's in the train magazine. But I've been having problems getting in touch with and actually having them return a call or an email with some of the other distributors like ACD. Is there a better way to try and and deal with them? Again, Alliance, no problem. A really good
1: way way is to show up at the game of trade shows. Uh, but uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that in just a moment. So how do you get picked up by distribution? You could just simply contact a distributor. Each one of them has got a has got a buyer, a head buyer, or maybe a whole subgroup of buyers underneath them. And solicit your product with a sell sheet uh, explaining what your product is, how everything works. Uh, and uh, ideally, a marketing plan if you have one. Please have one. Sample for attorney. Please have one. A sample if you have. If is, the product is already available if you've already got it. You can send a sample in. Uh, and maybe you'll get contacted back, maybe they'll say yes, maybe they'll say no. In many cases, what they will say is, uh, we really like your stuff, but it's only one product from one company, why don't you look at impressions or Studio so 2 or, or, or PSI and getting in with somebody like that so that you can become part of that I mean, it's a little easier for them to handle that sort of things." Uh, and the other way would be going to the game, trade show, which is uh, the industry's trade show that happens in March. Uh, so. Ways to sell your, to get your stuff to stores without having to go dis- through distribution, which is mostly what we order from distribution, what we do get uh, our, our games in other ways. Uh, there's the educational uh, games model, which is, there's a whole other segment of games which largely go into educational stores, teachers, and that sort of thing. Uh, and they operate in a completely different model. They use jobbers and reps that basically drive out to stores all across the country, in many cases with a trunk load full of games. And they will take an order uh, from individual, each individual store, but usually for a year's worth of product. They will ask for a whole year's worth of uh, product at once. One of the reasons why we prefer to go through distribution is I don't have to buy 12 or 24 copies of something, and I'll see you next year. But that is a way to get stuff out there. You could sell direct. Uh, You could sell direct by either going out and calling a whole bunch of stores, and I'll I'll tell you some ways you can get lists of stores you can can get that from. Uh, Or you could get a phone call from a retailer saying, hey, nobody seems to have your thing. Most recently I did this with... uh, uh, Northwind, Astonishing Swordsmen, and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. I recently did that uh, because none of my distributors were carrying it. Oh, sorry, baby. It was uh, it was uh, nominated for a couple of <coughs> pennies. it's I saw it at the Any <laughs> Awards. It's gorgeous and cool and I wanted to get it, so I contacted the guy in New Hampshire and we, uh, he did not, he was not set up to deal with retail. No one on his site, but he was thrilled that we actually contacted him and wanted to have him in the shop. He sent me a gorgeous thank you letter, the best packed stuff I've ever received. <laughs> uh, so you can tell he really cares yep. about his game and it's a really uh, but uh, so it's direct sales. You could sell off of your website. That's usually how it would work. you find find the contact information from your website, uh, you can say, "Hey, retailers, you know, inquire here." Uh, you could sell to retailers at a convention. Uh, a lot of publishers don't realize that they're going to get talked to by retailers when they go, especially to a major convention. They're going to come up and say, "You know, hey, I'm going to order." When I came back from GenCon this year, I spent about a thousand dollars on product to bring back to my shop. I paid the airline the oversized bag and extra check back, so I would have a bunch of stuff that I thought, in all likelihood, I would either not be able to get through just distribution or that would show up in distribution four months from yeah. now yeah. Uh, or something that uh, just has not been available for a reason. Uh, and I'll try to you know, get it that way and bring it that, uh, back to me that way.
3: Yeah, that's something that I pick up at cons where, like, I'll walk up to the desk and I'll say, oh, I've been able to get this, and then the publisher will say, these are the last 15 that we've got mm-hmm. uh, and I say well if I you come know, back on Sunday you and you've got you any left can I can I take them and and that's a thing that happens quite yeah a bit. and then you know
1: uh, getting down to kind of like the very last resort type of thing, yeah. we talked about Amazon yeah. so we are we signed up for a prime membership on Amazon so at the very least we would be able to save on shipping for I, like,
3: I don't do that I don't do that for that's where I draw
1: the line yeah there's there's a lot of stores mm-hmm. that loan uh, <laughs> and but I do have some customers for whom I have done that for and turned product over one product over at cost that they were not able to find anywhere else and they've come back to me and bought hundreds of dollars worth of sure. stuff yeah. I think we get a sense, yes?
4: Yes, uh, do you look at Kickstarter
1: for games that look interesting? Absolutely games? we do and that is in our list. We have a lot of ways that we, that we come across that in mm-hmm. games and we look at Kickstarter, okay. we look at Kicktrack, so we at all these different... Uh, so uh, we should have uh, something that says retailers here. Please, please, please. And, okay. and I'll get to that when we we'll have a whole section on crowdfunding, but uh, we're 36 minutes in, so I'm trying to try to get it on. So getting noticed. Ways, ways for Return uh, uh, to find out about your product. The Game Manufacturers Association uh, runs an annual trade show in Las Vegas in March, uh, where we get a couple hundred different publishers <coughs> to show and say, this is all the stuff we have that we uh, are going to be coming out with this year. Some of the publishers will buy their own booths to exhibit at the trade show. Some will go in with other companies or with Impressions, or with Studio 2, or with uh, PSI, uh, or with Cubicle 7, which is kind of its own way, who's also going through PSI, but are are basically consolidating a bunch of British and and European companies. Uh, And they will get space at this show. Uh, When you are at the show, you'll have the opportunity to talk to retailers face-to-face at the booth. you have the opportunity, if you want to, to uh, purchase some speaking time, or you can talk to a room full of retailers like this, for an hour on how great your game is and why it's really cool. You'll have the opportunity to put sample product down the line. You don't have to bring it with you. Uh, uh, You you can send it out through through distribution to the stores that attend it as a reward for listening uh, to your stuff, so they can actually see it and get a look at it. Gamma produces a manufacturer's handbook, which is written by the Wholesale Division tier, which is headed up by Mike Webb, is that a customer, VP of customer service no. for Alliance. Uh, and what this book does it is it's geared toward publishers basically saying this is uh, what we would like to see from a publisher uh, in terms of the way your product is packaged, your product size, what, whether you're going to have a stock number, a UPC code. Uh, yeah, it's, a cool one. It's, it's a very comprehensive guide in, in a, a very small amount of pages covering basically what distribution is looking for. Things that, uh, if you have all of these things, you're more likely to get picked up by distribution and, and, and carried through okay. that way. So Gamma publishes them. Uh, Gamma where do we runs get, I'm sorry, where do we get that handbook? Uh, gamma.org. Uh, and you may be asked to to join. Uh, so uh, the uh, Gamma runs Origins, which is the second largest... <coughs> games-only consumer show in the country. It happens in Columbus uh, this coming year uh, on Father's Day weekend. Uh, and it draws about 15,000 unique attendees. Uh, over the course of the five days that it runs, it's probably closer to like 60 or 70,000 in terms of turn uh, turnstile population. Uh, so, uh, and that is a huge, huge show. The uh, exhibit hall at Origins is going to be roughly about half the size of the exhibit hall at Gen Con. Uh, it, Origins tends to be a little more board game focused rather than RPG focused the RPG uh, games tend to be shown more at Gen Con but as as so, there's a ton of RPGs Thank IPR you. goes to Origins uh, Dresden debut, debuted there a few years ago uh, and RPG companies that, that, that choose to embrace Origins tend to do very well board game companies, Origins is a solid solid board game show, we have a huge board game, game. there's over 5,000 events that take place at the show, most of them are board games it's, it's been incredible show uh, that Gamma puts on, and as part of uh, Origins, the reason why Origins was founded was to be a showcase for the oldest awards in the industry, which are given out for games, which are the Origins Awards, Uh, and they're given out uh, on the Saturday of Origins every year, uh, and they cover broad categories of different types of games, miniatures games, board games, card games, etc. The prestige or value of the Origins Awards has fluctuated at different points during the year, but Guaranteed, if your game is nominated for, it wins an Origins I, Award. I don't think
3: we've ever had anybody turn one down. Yes, a great, <laughs> great number of retail stores <laughs> will
1: see that it was nominated for it. We'll see that it's worthy of consideration. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I'll tell me, you, from I'm my good. standpoint, I will stock anything on my shelf. Uh, that, that, uh, anything that's nominated for an Origins Award is going to find a place on that mm-hmm. shelf, if I can find a way to get it there. Uh, there are also a number of other award shows, but this is one the Gamma books. I We'll talk about other awards. That's Gamma. Uh, we find out about games store our distributors mostly through those magazines. Those magazines will list your game, usually with a picture ahead of what's coming out in a little bird that you write. But in addition, you can adver- take out advertising space in those magazines. Uh, and I encourage you to do so, because the distribution tier does not do anywhere near as good a job of marketing games as they used to. They are rapidly turning into an order-taking, almost automated system. But the, the little bit of marketing that they do offer is in these magazines. And the magazines do a fantastic job of giving a nice, uh, succinct uh, summary of what your game is about. Uh, and when the retailer is flipping through those magazines, the ads are very catching. And we will go, oh, I, I might miss something in a column. And I see that. <laughs> Ooh, OK, that looks really cool. I'm going to go back and find that. And we'll go ahead and place our pre orders that way. So those are great. The distributors also, the larger ones, will also hold open houses. Yes. This was talked about a little bit in some of the other uh, discussions, but uh, a distributor open house is something like a miniature gamma trade show. Uh, and some of them are not that miniature. Some of them are actually quite, quite large. And basically it is they invite uh, publishers and manufacturers that they carry uh, to come to the town that they've set this thing up in, which is usually one of their uh, main warehouse locations. Uh, they set up Uh, an exhibit hall just like we have in the trade show, you get FaceTime to talk to the retailers to find out who they are. These are all uh, also opportunities for you to collect information on the stores that you're gonna want to sell to, so you get business cards. And uh, you get to to see faces, you get to know kind of who is uh, (coughs) carrying what. And the uh, distributor will usually have some kind of a big sale in conjunction with the open house. Uh, There'll be door prizes and events and stuff like that. which is very similar to what we do at the Game and Trade Show, but we do that over the course of a whole week. Uh, another thing I'd like to mention at the Game Trade Show is uh, one of the big events we have at Game and Trade Show is called Game Night. Uh, and it is a night where uh, the retailers and the publishers just sit down and they play the games uh, that they're being solicited for that year. And it's really, really cool. It lasts for about four or five hours. And it is, the mo- it is the most heavily attended event at the show because you really get a chance to be, like hands-on because we're going through the uh, exhibit hall Maybe a minute or two each other, yeah. and uh, it's not enough time. It's backwards. If you not to play it, it's, it's a lot better. So, the to Open houses, and then the awards, the Origins Awards, uh, for like broad general categories across the entire industry, the any Awards at GenCon, uh, specifically focused on RPGs, very very in depth about all these different categories, all the way down to cartography interior art versus cover art. and It's very, very broadly defined, hugely well attended, very popular, and uh, voted on by the general public uh, online over the course of like a 10-day to two-week window, I think it is, uh, and uh, generates a lot of buzz, especially about RPGs. Retailers will pay attention to see who is nominated, who has won, uh, and we would love to be able to get that product in. Just like you know, I went out of my way to get Astonishing Swordsman because I saw it at the Annie Awards, uh, and it was not available through any of my other methods of
3: getting is nomination enough, enough. Yes. no not for the Ennies. oh for me it is no no way okay. there's well, like there's well, like 40 categories well there are there for the are the a lot of for the so enemies. maybe so that's like that's yeah, yeah a yeah. definite yeah. maybe like 200, 200, there's like going to be 250 if you, different if games you can nominated, get nominated for in like
1: two or three categories yes yeah that's going to get you in there yeah
3: but like like just simply simply in any nomination is not in and of itself yeah. No, so yeah. just just, be, just because of the category creep in the because, for, depending on the category, right? Yeah. Best rules,
1: you know, yeah. best product. That's yeah, those are going to catch attention.
3: That's
5: it. I was going to ask you if it was something like best game, best right. product, exactly. rules. Best. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, that's the, the category. There,
1: that you
3: there, there's a few yes. exceptions, but it's not it's not a lot. Uh,
1: and then for board games, so we, we have the Origins kind of for everything, the Annie's for role playing, for board games, and probably the award that uh, has the greatest impact on sales. Uh, the uh, SDJ, the spill DR, which is a uh, <laughs> award given out in Germany. <laughs> uh, it's given no. out two different categories, uh, like a, a strategy game and like kind of an everybody's game. Yeah, the uh, the Kinder Spiel. Yeah. And, um, game of the uh... They uh, are they, they play a lot of board games in Germany. More people play board <laughs> games in Germany on any given night than go to the movies in Germany. So they really know their stuff, and the games that come out of those awards are fantastic, and they sell worldwide. and Winning an SDJ is many, many, many tens of thousands of copies uh, sold. Once again. Uh, and the retailers will look at who's nominated and who won. And these are the games that are definitely going to be stocked on our shelves prominently up front because we know that they're going to be really good games. Because there's so many games, it's hard to tell which ones are going to be good. Are there any domestic <laughs> ones that are on this list? The origins of origins yeah, uh, for, for, for board games, yeah. right? Uh, and for uh, role playing games again. There are also Origins Awards for RPGs, but there's two, and the Emmy Awards have, like, 25. Yeah.
0: Um, What about uh, the Diana Jones? Does that have impact?
1: The Diana Jones Award is an award given out by a secret, mysterious cabal uh, prior to Gen Con, which uh, is awarded, this convention was nominated for it uh, this past year, Uh, Tabletop was the winner. Uh, it's given out to, it's, it's, it is the Diana Jones Awards for excellent in It's got a very mm-hmm. neat background. You can, it's all written up on their website if you want to check it out, Diana Jones Award. Uh, it's kind of uh, uh, a tongue-in-cheek thing, but it's a very serious thing because it does uh, carry prestige. Uh, well, the,
3: the short answer is nothing is getting nominated for Diana Jones that we don't already know about. Yeah, it's, it's going to be something
1: really pretty amazing. Although, the uh, like Nordic LARP, I really I kind of found out about Nordic Life LARP as it had been nominated for Diana
4: Jones. Do you carry it in your store? Do you carry story uh, games uh, in the
1: store? So uh, so we have we have awards which, which are a way, a way that uh, we find out about things. We find out about things by going to conventions and saying, like, oh my gosh, where's this company come from? Uh, There's a product we saw here at Origins or at Gen Con. And you can, if, if attending a convention is expensive, going to Gen Con and having a booth for your one product uh, can wreck you because the Gen Con booth could cost expensive, you yeah. over $2,000. Uh, and that's, yes. the, that's the cheap booth, by yes. the way. Yeah. Uh, and an Origins booth will cost you about half that much. Uh, they're very expensive, but you can attend as part of a collective of other publishers. You don't even have to go as part of Impressions or Studio 2. Any group of publishers can get together and say, okay, we want to share a booth. Yeah, there's an OSR
4: booth uh, every year at uh, Gen Con. So OSR
1: booth. There's the, the there's uh, like two or three indie booths usually that uh, are uh, set up there. And very root- like Studio 2 has a big... Uh, section where they kind of like uh, section off parts for uh, different game companies. It's so, like the Shadows of the guys have their own little section, and the Paradigm guys have their own little section, but it's all part of this like big thing. And then Jim does all the sales. Yeah, there's,
2: there's also a couple other conventions that, that are more regional, especially in this area. Uh, the World Board Gaming Championships in the DC area every year. Lots and lots of people show up, lots and lots of companies show up. They do have like, a couple of areas, came would went to it. And they came back with a whole bunch of stuff that I'd never heard of and called up our distributor. We got in, sold out. Uh, I think we had probably 30 units of a bunch of stuff that was that premiered at the WBC and <coughs> sold out almost immediately. And one in particular was, uh, was called Sargent's. Uh, it's a World War II biddies issue kind of game, and it sold out really quick. Another one is uh, Historica.
3: Uh, Story kind of cold warps, right, by, uh, the Cold by the... HMGS HMGS What you I mean, I guess... that's more of this. The, so so, the, more the bottom line there is, is, is look for your... Is, is try and find those regional cons yeah, because yeah. those are good stepping stones. Yeah, some regional to, cons are, yes, are yeah. big.
1: Some yeah. are not necessarily all that big but they're yeah. still worth going to and, and they're more easily attendable. And if you can get to a smaller convention, show up and run your game. Demo your game or if... There are uh, there's a recent convention that you know about and you know somebody who's in that area that can go to the, that convention and rep for you and you figure they're going to be a good face for you. You've got to make sure that you trust them. They're going to do a good job. You can do that. Or you could contact a store that you know is going to be going to the convention. Go,
3: yeah, I was hoping you are going there with that.
1: You could contact the store and say, hey, you know, I know you carry my product or I'd really like for you to carry my product and there's a convention. Are you going to be exhibiting there? And, oh, yeah, we have a table there every year. We have this big Well, I would love to be able to send you a caseload of my games because it's gonna be demoed there and I'm gonna be sending people over to your booth. Yeah or just picking you know, up the game.
3: When, when you show up with a box games in the back of your car, you just walk it over to their booth, they sell it for you at the yeah. end of the show, you take it back. Take you know, it back that's, for what's sold, yeah, right? That's, for what that's, you You're show consignment, you. yeah.
1: Yeah, for the course of the show. It doesn't cost you anything and it generates a lot of goodwill. The retailers just want to be included. You know, we want to people to kind of recognize that yeah, what we what we do is kind of cool and uh, we want to uh, we want to be in the loop. Yes, back. Um, I'm a member
4: of the GPA Game Publishers Association several years ago, I
3: think it was
2: 2006,
4: I was at Gen Con as part of their booth and yes. that's what they did, they brought
1: a whole bunch of people. You know, um, I don't know that they still do that, there's been a lot of flux in the uh, management. Since so big companies came out of the GPA, Fantasy Flight Games came yeah. out of the GPA. <clears throat> Fantasy Flight Games came out of the GPA, <clears throat> so the uh, uh, GPA is kind of like a, 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 a smaller version of Gamma. It's Gamma with like lower, do, lower dues, uh, and they can come in, they don't do quite as much as Gamma does, but they do exhibit at the big shows, and Gamma work where they end. Alright, so another way that we can find out about something is crowdfunding. So, retailers are constantly looking for really cool uh, crowdfunding projects. We are, we really are, and we have a mailing list that kind of goes in amongst between us, and we have forums that we go to where people say, hey, look at this, hey, look at this. It's called the crowdfunding-friendly retailer mailing list. I will have my cards up here when the show is over, so if you guys want to send me some stuff, I can give like you another project, we can do like that. We also, we watch Kickstarter, we watch Track. we watch a bunch of other different tracking websites that show us what's coming up, it's really cool. We follow tons of game companies through social media, and or game designers. Who, where Matt Forbeck is a huge, huge evangelist for anything that goes up on Kickstarter, and I'll make sure that I, when he mentions something, I will go and check it out, and nine times out of 10, I'll be like, yeah, okay, we'll hook that up. Yeah. But in order for us to do that, the project needs to be constructed in such a way that it's feasible for us to do it. So please, if you can, if you can afford it, and uh, you want us to carry your stuff, uh, offer a retailer pledge level on your Kickstarter. Uh, and if you do, not, not, every, not every retailer is going to be the same, but if you're able to do this, and it all depends on your costs, right? Because again, I already broke down for you. Game costs $10, retailer is going to want to pay 5 If you can't make money uh, from a retailer, uh, selling it to me for five bucks then don't bother we'll
3: f- try to figure out some other way where we can do stuff or we can come to Gamma and we can show you how I can increase your cost and, and a, surprising, your a surprising number of publishers who do Kickstarters don't just include a single line that lets us know whether the intent is for that that product to be available through distribution yep. at the conclusion of the Kickstarter or not just a single sentence that says, retailers, this product will be available through traditional distribution yep. once a Kickstarter is yep. please, over. Please put that sentence
1: prominent and up at the top. Uh, one of the suggestions that was given out last year, put a retailer pledge level for a dollar or for zero. So it shows up at the very top of those listings that say, retailers, we want you to carry our product. Pledge here, and we'll get in contact with you once the product is available, and we'll figure out
4: a way where we can get stuff out to you. Uh, so... On that front, would you say, like, like uh, six copies, 50% off, and and no shipping, would that be fair? Okay.
1: Uh, so discount levels and quantities are going to vary widely by store.
4: Yeah.
1: Some stores will have no problem selling six copies or 12 copies. Some stores, one or two is going to be what they're going to want. But they may follow that up with another one or two in the next couple of weeks, a just-in-time inventory, right? It, it really, depends uh, if, it's like if, if it's, like, a small product. But, but for the discount level, yeah, comparably. you are going to want to have it at least comparable in line to what they're going to be getting from their distributor. Otherwise what's the incentive for them giving you the money early and then waiting for it, and they just wait for it to show up in distribution if if they feel it's
3: going to be there. I will tell you what one incentive is, and that is if we agree to to get it from you in advance, that you give us, along with every copy, we get one of whatever those spiffs or rewards that you give to all of the
1: the people. If If you're listing your uh, your, uh, benefactors in your book, please list us, please mention us, put us on your website. Something that we can you can use to drive people to us is somebody who supported the, the project and wanted it in. I mean, it's really cool to get it early. And I love being able to get stuff like that. Jason's book early. I, got, early. I got, got a lot of really cool stuff early. Uh, but if you do have extras and stuff, we want to be able to get those as well. we in the back.
4: Do you think that your um, support for crowdfunding stuff is unusual? Because I've heard that there are a lot of retailers who, like, hate the crowdfunding model. There are. And
1: there are. From there are. But... Uh, Gamma just did a certain survey on this over the course of the summer and we found that uh, there are a great many retailers who are all about yeah yeah go go crowdfunding and there are also a significant number that really just can't stand it but it's not going anywhere and so they're, they're gonna have to live with it they're gonna have to find <laughs> some way to they, they can, uh, uh, we'll go along with that but there's still a large number of stores that are going to be uh, on board and the more that you as people that are creating these projects are kind of accommodating to us and friendly to us. The smaller that group of people that hate Kickstarter is going to be until eventually it down to just a few. Candidates.
2: Yeah, as, as as one of the stores that originally didn't like crowdfunding, but it's okay. A couple of things that, that we really don't like about it is is the lag time between when things when, when a company says to go to release something and when we actually get it. A good example of that is Ogre. Mm. I personally myself bought a copy. I bought a copy. I bought the the the, uh, the retailer pack for the store, and I received. I to receive my copy, my personal copy, on Tuesday. I have no idea when the
3: store is going to get their copy. And and that that goes to Brian's thing where he said, put a retailer level that says, pledge a buck. And then when it ships, then we pay you for it. It's having our it, money tied up for six months. That's, that's the big huge, five yeah. huge crowd. We
1: have about five minutes, so I want to hit these hit these really quickly. Getting back to the crowdfunding thing, also, please, 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 if you can, do not make this this great sin, which is, uh, if a retailer does back your Kickstarter project in with everybody else, and you've got their money for months and months and months, and the game probably comes out. Let the retailer get their copies about the same time your other backers are. Yes, don't be Never, ever, ever mm-hmm. let the distributors get the copies and start selling it to stores that yeah. did not back anything before your backers got there. <laughs> don't, don't ever let that happen. Uh, yeah, don't, yeah don't, okay, be, so, don't do a
2: reaper miniature you did with phones. Really, really, bad really
1: quickly in like four minutes, going directly to a retailer. I encourage people that can to do a tour of stores if they can uh, and contact the retailer ahead of time Uh, and try to set up uh, a demo or an event. Uh, Direct your fans to those stores on your website and through your forums let them know, hey, I'm going to be in this place and in this place and in this place. When you are at the store giving that demo, do not tell the people that are in that store, yeah, and I'll be at this other store in two hours. Because this happens, happens. so people don't think about that. This right? Retailers. Each individual store is kind of its own fiefdom. It's its own castle. It exists kind of in its own space. Uh, And some retailers have excellent relationships with all the the other stores in their area. Going back to my years in distribution, I used to service all of the stores in my area, so I have a fantastic relationship with every store in my area. That was around when I was in the street <laughs> for the local area. The newer ones, they don't really know me for so much. But some stores have uh, a very oppositional relationship for a variety of reasons, valid and not, with other stores in the area. So, you know, treat each store like it's its own unique castle and kingdom. So, and
3: hang on, just I, I see people like 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 heading out. We are all of us available to talk to. Yeah. I'm yeah. upstairs at the Modern Myths booth. Um, as long as I'm, I'm not taking care of a customer, I'm happy to the talk about any The big before you of go freerpgday.com.
1: Freerpgday.com. Yeah. We'll and I'll usually, a be, a list know, of I'll usually be up by the registration desk, okay. uh, helping other people, for example. I'm a staff member, so... Labor, so. But there's, there's, uh, uh, running a great demo could be its own seminar copy. So, so it is. So we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, excellent. So, free RPG day. Impressions puts this on. You don't have to be an impressions client to sign on and be part of it. You basically send a whole bunch of product to Aldo, Uh, uh, you get it printed, you send it to him, Uh, he sends it out to hundreds of stores, and they have a big event in June where that is all given out to customers that come into the shop. You get all the contact information for those hundreds of stores, and you get your product out there in the hands of all of these people. That's what you get. So, yeah. okay, <laughs> that, 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 okay, thank you. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, store, the store has to pay for the package, right? Uh, and Aldo's gotta pay to ship everything out. Yeah. But you get your stuff in the hands of lots and lots of people. The store is gonna go through that package and they're gonna remember every last company that contributed to this, the free stuff that we give out. Get uh, a lot of it is quick start stuff. It, it's gotta be new stuff. It's gotta be stuff that hasn't done before. So stuff is made just for free RPG day. But uh, when that goes out, it's a big deal for a lot of stores, a lot of lines that go outside when you come in for it. It's a huge, huge deal. And what you guys get in return, in addition to all the marketing buzz for a very, very little uh, uh, outlay of, of, of funds, uh, you might just have to print out several hundred copies digitally or something of what it is you're putting out there. It's not just for RPG companies. There are board game companies, Mayfair has participated in, in the past, but it is largely RPGs. But it will go out to the core stores that are gonna be the ones that are focused on carrying that lot <coughs> kind of stuff. The same stores that attend the Gamma Trade Show are the stores that are going to get the stuff up uh, for Free RPG Day, and you will get the contact information in return, so you'll be able to follow up with them for additional sales.
4: Yeah, so, are postcards and stuff like that cool? Because uh, a lot of the big companies put like huge color rule packets together that look like just an insane amount of product. For
1: Free RPG Day, it has to actually be an actual game or game. So, use so it. Can if be you, an adventure. If your game fits on a postcard and is working that way, that's great. Yeah, that's okay. okay. That absolutely works.
3: Yes, yeah, sure. it okay. out that
1: way.
5: Yeah, uh, I, I participated in Free RPG Day and sent out a fairly decent sized product. It's bigger than it really needed to be, but the response back when I did release the game later in the year was very, very positive. So it, it was very helpful. Actually, I'd a, a, a quick have uh, a quick poll of the
2: audience. Uh, how many uh, how of you guys produce RPGs? Uh you guys produce board games? Like board of card games? Excellent. Okay. <coughs> just, just, wanted to, just wanted to check.
3: Is that
1: it?
3: Okay.
1: Yes. Okay. The GGI Sorry. Yes. Yes. Uh, its now the G. Just the GGI. It used to be called uh, the,
3: the Games League.
1: Quarterly. Originally. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, the GGI uh, is basically a vast directory of gaming product that is supposedly currently in print, and all the game companies with contact information for all the publishers and distributors. Uh, and you can get it for free. They are also the uh, the gatekeepers of the, oh, the item said, yes. code uh, you that, that, that yes. goes mm-hmm. for... If you're going to have a product that's available in the game industry, every distributor is going to give them, assign a number to what it is your product is. That number comes from the GGI, the Greater <laughs> Games Industry Catalog. Uh, contact them, they're in Colorado. Uh, and uh, if you guys want cards, I'll get some cards. Cool. Thank you very
4: Thanks much, everybody. Everybody. Thank you. Thank you.
0: This seminar recording was made possible by the generous contributions of the panel speakers and the Metatopia convention organizing team, Double Exposure. All of the Double Exposure conventions are amazing, and I can't speak highly enough of Metatopia as a convention for designers to meet up, to discuss, to test, and to learn more about this lovely hobby of ours. You can find out more at www.dexposure.com. Dot .com and I hope you'll join us next year at Metatopia.